Here's the senior pastor of Gospel City Church, Trent Griffith, shooting straight about parenting. What happens when you have a high degree of love and embrace a high degree of discipline? Then you're a gospel-centered parent. Is there an example of this in the Bible? Yeah, maybe you've heard of him. His name is God. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, senior pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. So when you were a kid, did you ever have a conversation that went something like this with your mom and dad? Your parents said, I know everyone else is doing it, but you can't. And you said, but why? And what did mom or dad say? That's exactly right. Because I said so, that's why. And depending on your personal situation, that may or may not have been the end of the conversation. I know for me it was. Any more arguing or whining, and I would get a taste of more severe consequences. Well, did you know that the Bible talks a lot about kids and parents and consequences? It does. Pastor Trent has been giving parents some good reminders from God's Word. And today, we'll review some of what we heard last week and then continue with this message from Psalm 127 and 128, titled, Parents Are Like Warriors. Here's Pastor Trent. We live in the midst of this battleground. And it is a battle for the heart of our children. So parents, your enemy is not your child. Your child is a prisoner of war. And our job as parents is to rescue them and liberate them and get them fighting on the right side. So how do we fight? I want you to continue to read here in Psalm 128. Psalm 127 flows right into Psalm 128. They both have the same theme. Separate Psalms, but same subject. Notice verse 1 of Psalm 128. It says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. All in favor of verses 1 and 2 being applied to your family, your children. You want your children to be blessed? Yeah. You want your life to look like that? He's like, I don't want it to look like a war. I want it to look like a blessing. He goes on, verse 3. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Now we're talking about grandparenting. Peace be upon Israel. Isn't that a great, encouraging verse? That is the testimony of a good, a good fighter who's won the war, a good warrior who's fought and won the fight. So this first verse says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Now, as a goal of a parent, is there anybody in here that doesn't want your children to be blessed? Like, isn't that what you're fighting for? I want my children to be, how many of you want your children to be blessed? I mean, just, that's your goal, right? How many of you wish your parents wanted their children to be blessed? Oh, yeah, I didn't really get that parent. Well, the goal of every parent is simple. Simple, simple, simple. Job description. What is it? I want my children to fear the Lord. And I want my children to walk in the ways of the Lord. There's your goal. So how do you get that done? 
Well, in order to learn how to get that done as a parent, you have to turn over to the New Testament. And probably the most famous verse in the New Testament on the job description of a parent is in Ephesians 6, verse 4. And interestingly, it's addressed to fathers. And it cautions us against doing what fathers do when they are out of balance in their parenting. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. What provokes children to anger? Angry fathers. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but do these two things. Bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, I want you to look at how these two verses parallel one another. If my goal as a parent is that my children would fear the Lord, what is my strategy for developing the fear of the Lord in my children? It's discipline. And if my goal is that my children walk in the ways of the Lord, what is my strategy? It's to instruct them. So I have two strategies, discipline, instruction, to accomplish two goals, the fear of the Lord and walking in the ways of the Lord in my children. Let's put it this way here. Let me show you one other verse here. This one's gonna freak you out. Can you handle it? Put your seatbelt on. Don't start a protest until you completely understand what you're protesting, okay? Here's the verse. Proverbs 13, 24 says this, whoever spares the rod hates his son. Now, let me just kind of ask you to set that on the shelf for a little bit. Uh, come back next week. We will talk about the rod, okay? Don't want to get into all that right now, but I do want you to notice the second, second part of the verse. He who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And do you see these two words? Love and discipline. He who loves him disciplines him. So how are you doing with discipline? How are you doing with love? Let's kind of measure those a little bit. He who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Let's talk about those two words, in balance, because this is the biggest problem. We, we don't get the balance right. We love them some days, we don't love them other days. We discipline them some days, we don't discipline them other days. Some days we don't love them or discipline them. We just wish them out of existence, right? <laughs> so how do we do this as parents? We rarely get this right, but let's chart it a little bit here because I believe you can put every parent into one of four categories by measuring the degree of love and the degree of discipline. Remember, he who loves his child disciplines him. On any given day, you will find me in any one of the four categories, okay? I forget the gospel, I drift into the wrong category, and the same for you. But let's chart it this way and um, use this little scale here. The first type of parent would be what we would call a neglectful parent. This is a parent who has a low degree of love and a low degree of discipline. Now, for each one of these four categories, you can find biblical examples, all right? There's a lot of different examples for this one. Let's just use one. Do you remember the Old Testament character named Lot? He was the nephew of Abraham. Crazy character in the Old Testament, okay? It's really hard to categorize, really hard to figure out. In, in the New Testament, it calls him a righteous man, but then there's, you don't see a whole lot of righteousness in the Old Testament. So he sets up a house in, in Sodom, wicked city. 
And there's this really crazy story about how God sends two angels as messengers to deliver a message to Lot. And they appear in human form, and Lot invites them into his home to spend the night. Now, as they're in the home enjoying dinner, the men of the city of Sodom, does everybody generally know what the men of the city of Sodom are famous for? Okay, they come and they bang on Lot's door and they said, we want you to send those two men out to us so that we can have sexual relationships with them. Yeah, it's, it's like getting into like PG R-rated stuff here. And so this is what Lot does. Lot says, no, don't do that. That would be so bad. Don't do that. We do, do not do that. But here, you can have my two daughters and you can do whatever you want to with them. What? <laughs> Lot, are you out of your mind? You, you're going to sacrifice the moral purity of your daughters so that you can continue your dinner party on the inside. What are you talking about? Now, I don't know about you as a dad. You show up and you want to mess around with one of my daughters over my dead body or you get into them. But this is a public service announcement in church this morning, okay? All the dads with me on that? Are you, you want to fight? You talk about a warrior? You're going to see the warrior come out at that point, okay? But not Lot. No, here's my two daughters. Whatever you want to do with them is fine. Just, you know, just kind of leave me alone. And yet... How often is that indicative of our parenting? What, what does a, a neglectful parent do? Well, he, he has no regard for the protection of his children. He has no regard for the direction of his children. He doesn't set boundaries. He wishes he'd never had these children. He goes on with his career. He goes on with his ministry. He goes on with so many other things. His fantasy football league takes precedent over the responsibility that God has given him for his children. He doesn't teach his children about God. He doesn't warn them of the dangers of sin. He doesn't, he doesn't teach the children of the ways of God or the fear of God. He doesn't take his children to church. He doesn't read the Bible with them. He doesn't teach them how to respect authority. He doesn't teach the sons how to respect women. And he doesn't teach his children how to forgive those when they're disrespected by others. He's a neglectful parent. What impact does that have on a kid? Well, it creates a very vulnerable kid. That parent forces his children to learn life from YouTube videos or from iTunes or from the movie theater or from Netflix. And so they learn things that are not true because the parent wasn't there with a high degree of love and a high degree of discipline. Every one of these parenting styles exposes an idol in the heart of a parent. Do you know what the idol is in the heart of this parent? It's the idol of comfort. They would rather sit on the couch. They would rather read their Facebook post on their phone to, rather than to engage the face of their child. They would rather go on in their career making money and stacking up trophies rather than going to war for the heart of their kid. It's a neglectful parent. This week I was reading a, um, an article that came out by a young lady named Lisa Brennan. Lisa Brennan is the biological daughter of Steve Jobs. Does everybody know who Steve Jobs is? If you don't, just Google it on your iPhone. You'll figure it out. 
when Steve was 23 years old, he had a one night stand. The girl got pregnant and this baby named Lisa was born. Steve Jobs never took responsibility for her. As a matter of fact, he denied that she was his biological child until DNA tests proved that he was the father. Every now and then he would show up and engage Lisa. Actually, before the release of the first Macintosh computer, he released another computer and he named it Lisa. And Lisa was always wondering, was that named after me? So one day she asked him, did you name that after me? No, 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 it had nothing to do with you. He didn't want to attach any responsibility to that child. Until one day, actually he took Lisa on a week-long trip to Europe and they ended up at a dinner party with Bono. And Bono asked Steve, hey, that first computer, did you name that after Lisa? And he turned to Bono and said, yeah, it's named after her. And she turned to Bono and said, he's never said that before. He refused to take responsibility. It was a neglectful parent. Now listen, no matter what other accomplishments you may achieve, if you have not fought for the heart of your kid, you have failed as a parent. And we all on given days fall into this category. We don't want to stay there. Now, some of you just saw me describe your mom or your dad. And there maybe needs to be a heart of grace and forgiveness even at this point so that you can become a better parent than your mom or your dad. Here's the second category. We'll call this one an authoritarian parent. Some of you are going, man, that kind of sounds like a great parent compared to the one I had. You talk about low in love. Yeah, they were low in love, but they also had an extremely high perspective toward discipline. Now, there's a biblical example. There's a lot of biblical examples of this, but let's just take one. How about King Saul in the Old Testament? Remember this guy? He had a son named Jonathan. Jonathan became best friends with Saul's adversary, David. And one day, Saul's anger in first Samuel 20, Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan and he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, do I not know that you've chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother? Like he's throwing his mother under the bus for even having this kid. And he shames him and he belittles him in an effort to control him. That's an authoritarian parent. Story goes on, it says, one day Saul hurled a spear at him to strike him. He dodged it. But then it says, Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger. Angry child, why? Because he's raised by an angry dad, an authoritarian dad. And it says he was grieved because his father had disgraced him. Discipline without love is disgraceful to a child. What impact does that have on a kid? The kid grows up with a lack of respect for that parent. That kid grows up wanting everything that that parent didn't want and rejecting everything that parent loved, including God and church. He begins to fight He's angry and controlling himself. He's a bully at school. 
And eventually he runs as far as he can, as fast as he can, as soon as he can away from his parents. What is the idol that an authoritarian parent bows down to? It's the idol of control. There is such a deep sense of insecurity in the heart of that parent, he cannot fathom losing control. And so he pretends to be more powerful than he actually is. And because he has not become respectable, he maintains control by being disrespectful to a child. Some of you are like, man, that describes my home. I don't want to be like that. I'm going to cut my kids some slack. Now, be careful. Be careful. You'll react so far. If you grew up in an authoritarian home, you're in danger of becoming a permissive parent. What's a permissive parent? Well, this is a parent that loves his kids. Sure, love my kids so much, but is low in discipline. There's a biblical example of this. In the Old Testament, there's this priest named Eli. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, it says that Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Don't find many Hophni's or Phinehas show up in the baby nursery. You don't want to name your, your kid Hophni, for sure. Um, because this is what the Bible has to say about Eli's two sons. 1 Samuel 2, verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. Really don't want God to say that about my kids. Worthless? Really, God? Just absolutely worthless. Yep, that's what it says. Why? Because they did not know the Lord. Now remember, Eli's a priest. He lives in the place of worship. All day long, he's offering sacrifices, going through the motions of religion, going through the motions of worship. His kids were saturated with Bible. His kids were saturated with church, with the place of worship. And it says they were worthless. They didn't know the Lord, which proves dragging your children to church is not enough. Sometimes people get upset, like, man, that youth pastor down there at that church, my kids are so out of control. He's got a problem. Listen, you expect the youth pastor to do in an hour, to undo in an hour what you did in 167 hours in the week? The scripture continues. It says, the sin of these young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, and the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. It goes on, God confronts Eli, the father, and says this, why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling? And, listen, honor your sons above me. Permissive parent. I mean, he thought that just by loving them and giving them an atmosphere that was healthy, but not correcting, not disciplining, not confronting sinful behavior. It's a permissive parent. And a permissive parent mistakenly believes that love is enough or that church is enough. This parent doesn't like confrontation. He doesn't give clear expectations or clear boundaries or limitations. And Maybe he gives some verbal instruction, but doesn't follow that up by taking actions to correct or to discipline disobedience. What's the impact on that kid? That parent raises a self-indulgent, entitled kid who thinks that every time he meets resistance, he's a victim. And so he's learned to argue and manipulate 
and control his parents. He won't work. He won't accept responsibility. And he's learned that if he screams loud enough and demands long enough, his parents will actually obey him. That's what a permissive parent produces in the home. What's the idol of this parent? A permissive parent worships the idol of approval. He wants his child's approval. He wants to be the child's friend. But the child needs a parent. And if the parent will parent, he'll wake up one day and realize, I have a new friend. It's called an adult who now is a friend because he had a parent at a season of life. Now, there's one other category here. This is obviously the category we want to be. What happens when you have a high degree of love and embrace a high degree of discipline? Then you're a gospel-centered parent. Is there an example of this in the Bible? Yeah, maybe you've heard of him. His name is God. <laughs> Father. Jesus taught us to pray. Father. We're to operate as little children. And he is our heavenly father. First John chapter three, verse one says, see what kind of love the father has given us that we should be called the children of God. It says, see it, gaze upon it, study it. So what kind of father is God? Does God have any rules? Yeah. Does God ever discipline? Yeah. Does God have grace? Yes. Does he love unconditionally even when I am at my worst? Yes. Does he ever retreat? No. He pursues. He breaks down my resistance. He wins my heart. And most of all, he sets the example for me to follow. That's a gospel-centered parent. A gospel-centered parent gives unconditional, sacrificial love, overcoming the resistance and the rebellion in the heart of their children. He reaches the heart of his children, not just concerned with external behavior, but changing the heart. And we know this is something only the Lord can do. And so he clearly communicates the way of blessing. What is the way of blessing? You gotta fear the Lord, and you have to walk in the ways of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? It's not something that motivates me to run from him. The fear of the Lord is the awareness that if I am not in right relationship with the Lord, then I'm going to be held accountable. And the consequences of sin are severe unless I am forgiven, unless I have a substitute who takes what I justly deserve. So the fear of the Lord gives me the appreciation to walk in the ways of the Lord because I don't want the consequences of living without the Lord. That's the message of a gospel-centered parent. He lovingly disciplines. And when he is wrong, when he falls into one of the other categories, you know what a gospel-centered parent does? He humbles himself. He goes and seeks forgiveness. Would you please forgive me? I was not a very good picture of a loving father to you. Please forgive me. He forgives and he's gracious to welcome a child back when he repents. One of the greatest pictures of Father God we have is the father in the story of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son returned, the father raced to him. He took the initiative to welcome him back. He desires relationship eternally with his children, not just as a son or daughter, but as a brother or sister in Christ. What impact does that have on the heart of a child? 
Well, he learns the fear of the Lord. He learns that God is watching him even when a parent is not. And he learns to walk in the ways of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 6, Solomon put it this way. Here's a good gospel-centered parent. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. It's simple. God gives a child a father so that through the commands of the father, it will act as a lamp in the dark places in a child's heart. And God gives a child a mother so that the mother's teaching and the instruction can shine light on the dark places in a child's heart. And it's the reproofs, the correction. I love you enough to tell you you are wrong. I love you enough to show you there's pain in what you're doing so that you don't end up with eternal pain. I want you to live the way of life rather than the way of death. That is the battle cry of a parent who is like a warrior battling for a child's heart. Now, I want us to stand together. I'd like you to bow your heads. I know some of you here, you don't have children. And yet, for some of you, you just saw yourself as a child growing up in your father's home, in your mother's home. And maybe the step of action for you today is just simply to release, to forgive a neglectful parent, an authoritarian parent, maybe even a permissive parent. And then if you do have children, would you ask the Lord to make you a reflection of Him as a loving Heavenly Father? Would you embrace your role as a warrior? There is a war for the hearts of your children. Ask God to give you the courage to love them, to discipline them, no matter what category you find yourself in, to this week become a gospel-centered parent. Lord, I pray that for all of us parents today, that we would reflect the grace and the truth to get the balance right, and that you would use even our imperfect parenting to shine a light in the dark places of our kids' heart. Lord, we recognize unless you build the house, we labor in vain. You're trying to build it. So God, do what we, can, we cannot do. Do what only you can do. We pray in Jesus' name. If you listened to that message from Trent Griffith and thought, whoa, I need help. Guess what? We all need help. That's what the gospel is all about. It's us bumping up against our own helplessness and saying to Jesus, help. The gospel is so important to all of what we do. In fact, it's a part of our church name, Gospel City Church. If you'd like to visit Gospel City for a worship service, we'd love to have you. You can find all the information you need when you visit mygospelcity.org. Again, that's mygospelcity.org. 
So how exactly should we as parents go about providing discipline for our children? Well, that's exactly what Pastor Trent will address next week, right here on Resonate. I hope he can join us then. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart and in your parenting this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.